Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnt out? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Hello, and welcome to today's Control the Chaos conversation. I'm so excited about today just because just yesterday I had some teachers with some sub issues happening in their room. Like, I have this crazy class this year. I've been helping with some classroom management ideas, talking through some of those things, but... Once I have the sub in the classroom, it all falls apart. She said, I have this sub that was just about in tears, not ready to come back because of the class. And we all know right now how important it is to like wrap ourselves around our subs because they are a vital piece of our schools right now. Without subs, we wouldn't be surviving, right? Um, we are already in a teacher shortage. We are in a sub shortage. So what can we do to help set those subs up for success? So we have seven steps today that we will talk about to help your sub be set up for success. And also, this this episode is really striking me today because in addition to that conversation with the teacher yesterday, I also had a teacher come into the office. They had an incident with a student in the classroom and they were going to cancel their sub for that day because they felt bad. Um, so thinking of that, don't feel guilty, right? Um, don't not do your personal things or take care of yourself. She had blood work to do. Come on, get your blood work done. You, some things we have to do what we have to do. I'm experiencing that right now. So making sure that you don't feel guilty about it, using this process and going through these seven steps will help you know that you're really setting that person up for success. We love our substitutes. We want to take care of them and we want to make sure that they have wonderful days so we can be a part of setting that up. So let's dive into these seven steps. Yeah, the first one is first just creating a binder. And I did this when I taught is I would have a binder and it would have different things that the sub might need to know about, like a seating chart. I would usually also go into our um, Infinite Campus account, print off a roster with student photos, just so they could have a face with a name um, because you never know what tricks your students might try to play, right? And in that binder as well, I might have just some classroom rules or some strategies that might help different students, but I never really had to update the binder. I just had to do it once. Um, and then it would just be kind of the same. Now, if I change my seating chart or something like that, I would put that new seating chart in. Um, but for the most part, that binder was ready to go and ready for that sub to just pull it out, use it and have some helpful hints that they were able to use um, for that day. 
And I think it's important to note, we always give a subfolder, almost always in most schools, to the office. But this is kind of like that little bit of extra that we want to do for that sub binder. And also another tip that I do have in the sub binder is making sure that you review it either every quarter, every semester, or every or at least halfway through the year that you review that to make sure that if there are changes that they are noted in there, whether you have new students, um, but just making sure that you have that updated version within there as you move along throughout the year, however you want to do it. Now, if you if you want and you have frequent updates, it, it could be more often, but at least, you know, at the very least, the beginning of the year and halfway through the year. So then we, um, Steph already talked about standing operating procedures, but this is a different type of standing operating procedures. This is setting up a, a set of standing operating procedures that are specific to having a sub in the room. So if I know that I'm going to, and I don't always know when I'm going to be out. So this is something that it doesn't necessarily have to be the day before. But if you set those standing operating procedures up for the students, like when a sub is here, you need to Make sure that you're on, you know, whatever your three biggest rules are. I'm not going to say what they are to you because everybody might have different issues when a sub is in. Maybe your kids are out of their seats. So maybe you're one, one of your three um, is that when a sub is there, they need to be making sure they're in their seats. Maybe you have kids that are always constantly going to the bathroom. So maybe your standing operating procedure is that you have a special bathroom requirement when a sub is there. Um, so just looking at where the trouble area is, um, if you have experience with that with a sub. So initially, we'll set up what we think we need as or usually the behaviors in the classroom tend to be something that you've already seen before. So you can kind of put those in place before, and then you may need to tweak it after the sub comes the for, for the first time. So getting those standing operating procedures set up is super important because sometimes those standing operating procedures look different for a sub than they would look if you were in the room. Um, so once we have those set up, we review them. Review them before you're out. If you don't know when you're going to be out, understandable, we have no control over that. But what we would do is maybe leave those notes and remind the teacher at least to review those standing operating procedures. So when they came in, the you would have reviewed them the day before, and then they would be reviewing them when the students arrive. So those are really important things. Um, I think sometimes we tend to have our generic rules um, or our generic, I shouldn't say generic, our everyday standing operating procedures. But sometimes that needs to look a little bit different for our subs when we are preparing them for a successful day, because sometimes those behaviors look, look a little bit different. Yeah, and we went to a conference at OMLA, and we listened to Jack Brickemeyer, and I don't know if you were in this session, Tara, but he said 
maybe if you know you're having a sub and there's a student that really struggles with having that guest teacher in the room, maybe if you're on a team, that student could just stay with the math teacher all day. <laughs> and maybe they don't even travel with the class that day and they just kind of, you know, stay in that one space with that teacher. So that was kind of an interesting idea too. If you are in a team setting where a student could just kind of work in this classroom all day because that teacher and that other student have a really good relationship. Nice. Um, you would need to check with that teacher first, but sometimes there's like just maybe one student that might benefit from that strategy. Um, and it might be better for everybody if you're able to create that place for that student. 100%. It just stinks that most of the time that's not the case where we have, like, especially once you get up to older grades where kids have to go to a bunch of classroom switches. But if you're thinking about a second grader, and the teacher is teaching very similar content, that could be the case there if you have a student that might have some significant needs or struggles or a fifth grader or whatever that looks like. So then we move on to incentives, okay? Um, we know that our kids do well with incentives. They do well with competition. So putting some kind of incentives in place for good behavior to kind of motivate those students to earn something, whether that is um, from the, from the sub, um, you know, if you work this part of the day, this, this much of the period, this much of the time frame or the block in the schedule, then you have, you know, your, your free time at the end or maybe it is that they're, if they have a good day, then maybe they're earning something the next day with you. Um, but what is, what is it? Um, but make it very motivating. Teacher versus students, that is a great one. You know, you have the sub versus the students in this case. And we have many examples of that. I think where it could be a a tic-tac-toe game. It could be a hangman game. It, anything that you can think of um, that your students are motivated by. So, Steph, do you? I know you have some good teacher versus student stuff to share. Yeah, and it could just even be tally points. Um, and sometimes for me, when I had a sub, I would say you get two tally points when you're going against the sub. With me, it's only one, but when there's a sub here, you might be able to get two tally points to their one. And I would just kind of up maybe the incentives as well. So I did a thing in my classroom as well where students could earn 15 minutes. And so if they transitioned correctly in the hallway, they would get one second towards that 15 minute time. And if they had a sub, rather than maybe one second, it would be three to five seconds that they could earn for each task. And you could even lay this out for the sub where you could say, okay, if they do this correctly, if they do this correctly, here's how much time they can earn um, towards that 15 minutes. So again, they'll get to that total a lot faster than if you're there, but it might motivate some of those students to really work hard. And then they might look forward to having that kind of guest um, teacher to earn more time for them to kind of get some type of reward. So if that's 15 minutes of free time or 
it might be some type of class party or dance party or whatever type of party you might want to do. Bubbles. Yeah, bubble party. That was really popular <laughs> on Friday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but again, it's just where the sub, instead of your one second, the sub might be able to give five seconds. And so then the kids can earn it a lot faster um, compared to when you're there. I love the doubling of the points for the sub. I never did that one. So I'm going to have to have somebody try it. I like it. Yeah, it just makes it a little feel a little bit more special, I think, too. Yeah. Um, and then I think, too, just maybe some subs need it laid out. Like, um, I'm trying to find the sheet that I have, but, like, for transition time, if they transition quietly, you know, like, explaining what that is to a sub, because some subs might not have ever taught before. It could be their first day subbing in your classroom. And so when they're working with classroom management, that can be very difficult. And so maybe giving them some look fors on, okay, this is what I would like you to look for when my kids are transitioning. If they do these three things, they can get those five points or five seconds or whatever. Um, if they don't, then you don't reward them on those. That I, I love that idea for look fors as well when you describe that. Now, you also don't want to be overwhelming. So yeah. nice bullet point sheets. But if you write paragraphs and paragraphs, that information may get lost for a sub. So you could do kind of an at a glance where you provide them like a brief bullet point of instructions for what to look for. And I'm really that is really my daughter is about to start subbing and it's really important that she's never been in a classroom before, but she's going to school for elementary education. So she got a sub license. She's going to start subbing in the district, but she hasn't been in a class. She's, she's visited my classrooms. She hasn't been in a class by herself alone before. So just with that in mind, she's very, she's very new. She's very green. And this also could help people like that, that are interested in education as a career and going to school, that they have those look fors and have those things because it's also could be a learning experience for them. Yeah. And so you could do like everyone has all their materials. They can earn this many points, you know, for the day. And then I usually also did like a um, – if I got a positive report from a sub, maybe an extra 60 seconds or something huge um, at the very end. So I think it could just be kind of helpful. Again, don't overwhelm that sub, but just kind of quick bullet points of different areas um, for where you could give points and have them earn different things. All right. So we have step one, creating a binder. Step two, SOPs. Step three, incentives for good behavior. Step four, is just leaving activities that are not new lessons is really the most important thing, right? Expecting a sub to teach new contents to a class is going to be really difficult. Now, that's going to be tough if you're going to be out long term. We're really talking about that short term piece. If you're going to be out a day here, a day there, you know, making sure that we leave those activities that are 
not going to cause a lot of struggle for students or frustration. We always talk about um, allowing kids to fail forward, and we've talked about the learning pit. This isn't really the time for that. Um, we want to be there for those moments. So we want to leave things that they're very capable of doing that is not going to cause a lot of frustration that could increase um, behavior or off-task behavior or whatever is happening in your classroom. Those things that we talked on, um, going to the bathroom, being out of your seat, all of those things. So we want to make sure that the tasks are easily achievable. Maybe if you're working on a project, you continue to work on that project and then also making sure that we would then leave the SOPs for the project. Whatever it is that you're doing, we want to have those SOPs for um, review games. We have many good review games that we could look at. So it's not, again, going back to teaching that new concept. Um, and I think probably one of the most important pieces of this is early finishers, making sure that you have a plan for those kiddos. So if the activities are easily achievable or you providing a choice board where they have multiple activities so they can pick what they want to do first is a great way as well. So they could roll the the teacher can put the choice board up on the board if you're a tech person or we give them a paper cho choice board. Um I, a lot of times we don't get to leave tech in our room. So having a paper choice board ready for them where they could, with the directions on there, um, or a must-do, can-do list, that's paper that you can have ready to give out so they can go through and they could have that instead of the teacher giving those verbal directions, but they have that visual in front of them that they could go through and check off just like they would if they were to have tech. Um, but if the teacher can't, or, or posting that in Google Classroom, whichever it is, I think just making sure that the, the sub has access to it. So if it is on Google Classroom, making sure the sub has a copy of what it looks like. Um, but having, having that ready for those early finishers whether it's a choice board, um, maybe it, you don't want to have free time, some kids on free time, and then some kids on not. So you want to make sure all of your classroom and it is finished with whatever it is they're doing prior to putting those early finishers on free time, unless it's a free time that's quiet. And I think, too, having maybe a student um, job if you use jobs in your classroom where this person is that teacher helper or teacher assistant. And so when you're out, they would just help the sub. Um, so that can also help you, but it could also help that sub with, Hey, where, where is this assignment that this teacher is talking about? And that student knows exactly where to find it, how to get to it, how to help others. Um, I feel like there's always one or two in your class with that student that's just very responsible and willing to always just help. And they know exactly where every single thing is. Um, so use that student to your advantage. Step number five is leaving space for feedback. So in that sub binder, you could leave a blank piece of paper and it could just be kind of quick. 
um, just to hear how did the day go? Was there any issues? Is there anything that the sub didn't get to? Um, is there anything that they want to share with you? And so typically for this, um, you could just do like a quick smiley face rating, like happy to very sad, um, what they didn't get to, maybe students who did a great job, they could leave some names and then they could leave some other notes as well. Um, so that could be a great way for you to just get some feedback on your students and how they did um, during the day. And incentify the feedback as well is a great way too. If I get some positive comments back from the sub, that's like an extra bonus for incentive for those kiddos. Um, so that's, that's one thing that you could do as well. Making sure in step six, supplies ready to go. Okay. We don't want anyone to have to search for anything and that can slow us down in our transition. So our, I was in a classroom yesterday and, a, and the class was really struggling with transitions, but it wasn't necessarily the fact that the students were being loud or not moving on as quickly is that the supplies in their desks, their personal organization was a struggle. So they were fumbling around with the materials that are in the desk. So in my head, I started thinking about if those materials would have been organized and ready to go, that would have way cut down our transition time. So making sure that all of the supplies are out and necessary and that you would leave them, whether it's in a bin or a, a stack on your desk or or it's back to back with your instructions, but whatever that looks like, making sure that the supplies are ready to go. So that's number six. That's a relatively easy one. Um, and if it is one of those, those moments where it is a last minute emergency and where we weren't ready, making sure that we put in our sub notes whatever that looks like as we, and, and most people are now to the point where we put ourselves in with, into some type of system. So making sure if it is in one of those emergency systems that we leave the notes of where those supplies are available um, and provide those instructions within our sub notes somewhere of where they could get those supplies when they arrive to the room. A lot of times we have that planning time in the morning or at least a few minutes before the students arrive. So if you provide them that piece of get those materials ready, if it was an emergency situation and you weren't able to plan for it the day before, then they have those that time to prepare those su supplies themselves. And they have those explicit instructions to have those supplies ready to go for their kiddos. Because the more you're fumbling around looking for something, um, the more off task the class can get because they're waiting. We all know that we don't live in a patient world right now because we have access to almost anything instantaneously through our phones, right? Kids are kind of the same way. So we want to make sure that we help with those transitions by having everything explicitly ready for them to go. Yeah. And sometimes I've seen teachers leave like a sub tub where they put all their material in this big tub and use post-it notes to explain 
um, what is needed throughout the day. So that could be one way that you organize your supplies too. And then step number seven is writing a thank you note. Just saying thank you for covering my class today. Um, you could maybe even leave like a sub emergency bin of just like chocolate. Like what do they need to get through the day? A fun pin or something like that if you really wanted to. But I feel like chocolate is always like just, just helpful, <laughs> you know, to get through the school day. Um, so again, just writing that thank you note to them for covering your class and, um, Hopefully, if it goes well, they'll want to continue subbing for you. And it's always easier when you have those subs that just want to keep coming back to your classroom um, and you are able to build those relationships. Because I know for me, I always had like regular subs that would always cover for me and it just made it easier. I didn't need to re-explain everything. They knew my classroom procedure. They knew what was expected. And when you have that relationship with that sub, it can really save you some time when you do need to take off. Um, with having that person that is consistent. So be nice, write them a thank you note, and hopefully they'll keep coming back. <laughs> I mean, that goes to the appreciation piece. We did mm -hmm. an episode over Valentine's Day for um, appreciation, and that fits right in. I think that's huge because you're right in the fact that if you set your sub up for success, they're more than likely going to sign up when they see that you're out again, or you even create that relationship where you're able to text them and they're willing to come back rather than, you know, we know we struggle with subs and some classrooms go unfilled. Um, you don't want to be that classroom, right? So making sure that we set them up for success and we create, you know, create that really, we might not talk to them, but you create that relationship through um, pen and paper or your sub plans with them. So that's great importance. Um, and leave your phone number as well. So to sum it all up, Steph, you want to go through those seven steps? Yep. So step number one is create that binder. So that way your sub knows exactly what is expected, where to find different information that's really important. Step two is creating those procedures. Review those with your students. Step number three is looking for that good behavior. How are you going to reward your students, whether that's teacher versus student, maybe earn 15 minutes of time. Um, I've also seen punch cards being used there where students um, are being good and maybe the sub goes around and punches the cards and then you know exactly how your students did. Um, step four could be leaving activities that your students already know how to uh, complete. There's very less learning pit opportunities there. It's, it's uh, maybe a review activity or, again, some type of project that they've already started working on. Step five, leave, leave space for feedback. How did the day go from that sub? Step six, have your supplies ready to go. And that step number seven is write a thank you note. Uh, so your call to action this week is to think about which of those steps you might need to improve on. Maybe it's I need to start with some just thank you notes and getting some ready to go uh, thank you notes and maybe going to the store and getting some chocolate just to put that out on my desk when I have a sub. Maybe it is I need to come up with a procedure. What are my expectations for when I'm out? What do I expect my students to do? 
maybe it is some type of game that you want to start to implement for good behavior and start to practice that with your students now. So when you're out and you need that sub, it's already in place and there's no confusion um, when your sub comes. So think about what step might be lacking and how you can improve that. Also be sure to like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We love to hear your feedback. And until next time, make sure you control the chaos when it comes to subs in your classroom. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos until next time.